It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is the Reds Hot Stove League. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by Holy Grail Banks and Santo Grau. Proud sponsors of the Reds Hot Stove League. Likings Energy Solutions. Powered by Light. JTM. Let's create great dishes together. MSA Architects. And by Document Destruction. The official document shredding vendor of the Reds. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by CBTS. A Cincinnati Bell Company. Technology solutions for business. Your tri-state Chevy dealers. Check out Chevy's award-winning lineup. Only at your tri-state Chevy. Chevy dealer, the healthcare management group, greater care for greater Cincinnati, Woody Sander Ford, I-75 at Mitchell Avenue, right in the middle of everywhere. And this one to the now the Reds Hot Stove League on News Radio 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. And hi and a pleasant good evening to you and welcome once again to the Reds Hot Stove League. Great crowd down here at the Holy Grail Banks, that's where we are as usual, located for this evening of baseball talk for the next 60 minutes or so. I'm Jim Couch, along with a man we call, well, some call B.L. Fishing. Some call him the glue. We all call him Doug Flynn. Hello, Doug. Hello, Jim. How are you? Good to see everybody tonight at one of my favorite places. This is absolutely great. I've already eaten, by the way, and the food is outstanding. Well, you have your fan club, I see. You uh, you brought them with you tonight. I appreciate it. All three of them are here, and that's great to see. Well, couldn't you tell with all the pickup trucks out in the out in the street that I had a lot of people here? Did you come right off the river to uh, come over here and do this show? Wait What's a minute. The story? I, hold it. I want to show you something here. What do you got Don't get going? excited. I'm just unbuttoning a little bit. What do you have going? I'm oh, going to show you what your, I got on here. Yeah, I, I know what it is. You got your Doug Flynn, the glue T-shirt. That's exactly right. Do you ever take that off, by the way? Well, I actually have two of them. I sort of one day wash and rotate them. That's right. Well, listen, it's great to have you here to, uh, to share the stage, to do the Hot Stove League on this Tuesday night. We are two days away from Thanksgiving, so let me say in advance, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And let's hope everything goes well uh, in two days. And back to you, buddy. And it's a good time for people to really reflect on some of the blessings. Hopefully we can start getting a little pick up here with some Reds baseball and get excited about what's going to happen as we start heading into the 217 year. 216 is behind us now. Uh, matter of fact, as you know, I had a couple of surgeries. That's all over with. It's a new year. Let's get it going and get it going in a good way. Your throat feeling great. I feel wonderful. That's I may even awesome. sing one tonight. Is that okay? I'll, I'll let you know. We'll do it between uh, commercial breaks. I thought you might. Right? Yeah. Well, we have a great crowd here at the Holy Grail Banks, and we welcome those who are here and those who are listening on our vast Reds radio network. We mentioned today is a Tuesday, and so we are two days away from Thanksgiving, and we are a week, just over a week away, I guess a week and a half away, from Reds Fest 2016 down at the Duke Energy Convention Center. We'll all convene down there on December the 2nd. And the third is something we all look forward to, and I know the fans look forward to it as well. You know, it's got to be one of the best of its kind any place that you will see a sporting event. You bring in so many of the players from the past, the present, uh, a lot of people whose names, I mean, Pete Rose will be coming in this mm -hmm. year. It's going to be a big deal with Pete. 
As we know, next year they'll be doing the statue for him out at Great American Ballpark. But I absolutely love it because you get a chance to interact with people who really helped us when we played ball, people who paid our way. So that, And it's a good way to just get back and say, hey. Well, the first week down here, we talked a little bit about Reds Fest, and next week we'll get into it a little bit more extensively. As next week on Tuesday, we will be only three days away from all those players coming in. It's amazing, isn't it? The season ended the first week of October, so Reds Fest is roughly two months after the season ends. You don't see a lot of the guys you see every day for seven months, and it's a big back-slapping time, isn't it? Everybody's saying hi again, and how are you, and how's the winter going, etc.? Well, it really is, and one thing that the Castellini family has been so good at doing is they've gone all the way back to people who want to be involved, and I don't care what era it is, if you have an interest in being a part, they will bring you in, and that's a thrill for me. I've got a chance to meet guys like Jim Maloney and Leo Cardenas, guys that I always watched as a kid, And then also to kind of reminisce a little bit and get together with some of the Big Red Machine boys. You will again uh, this year be involved in uh, Fantasy Camp? Yep. We are. I believe we're sold out or close to it right now. 144 people will be coming down in January to spend a week in Arizona. It's uh, absolutely one of the highlights of the year. We'll have 26 former baseball players as coaches, and they'll get to spend a week for us, and it's just run so good by the Reds Hall of Fame. All right, so we mentioned Reds Fest. That comes up on the uh, December the 3rd, 2nd and 3rd. That's a Friday and Saturday. And then that weekend, that Sunday, December the 4th, is the uh, beginning of the Major League portion of the winter baseball meetings just south of Baltimore in the Maryland area this year. And uh, there will be some big things going on there. That is traditionally where the Rule 5 draft takes place on the last day of the Major League portion of the winter meetings, and so there's been a lot of work uh, late last week to fill up or open up spots on the 40-man roster because if you have an open spot and you take a player, of course that player has to go on to your 40-man roster and stay there all year, and if he doesn't, then he's offered back to the team in which you drafted him from. Toward that end, the Reds had 33 players on their 40-man roster a week ago when Tom and I sat down here and we had Dick Williams on with us. Since that time, they've added seven Mm -hmm. players, and there are some familiar names in that group. Among those, Jesse Winker. Yeah, and and I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of movement, I think, especially for teams that have struggled over the last year or so. Just trying to get this, and and I'm excited, first of all, Jim, that Dick Williams, uh, the things that I think he's going to be able to do, one is that Dick's not afraid to come talk to former players or to other people about what do you think we need to do to make this franchise better? Give him a good shot this year because I really think that we're going to see some great changes, and I really think that the, that the, the opinions that he has and the decisions he makes are going to be huge for this ball club. Well, Jesse Winker is one of the guys who was uh, added to the 40-man roster. Kayuri Maya, who is a pitcher that the Reds acquired in the uh, Mike Leake deal from San Francisco last year, uh, is a pitcher, a young guy that uh, was added. He's only 23 years old. A former number one pick, Nick Travieso, who's 22 years old, was uh, added to the roster. And then there's some names that maybe you may or may not have heard of. But one is interesting. I read this story by Zach Buchanan in the Cincinnati Inquirer this weekend. He talked about a right-handed pitcher named Barrett Aston, A-S-T-I-N. And there's a paragraph about each player that was added to the roster. But I thought it was very interesting in which he writes at the end, he was acquired by the Reds as part of the Jonathan Broxton trade when Broxton was sent to uh, Milwaukee. And he said, he is the most likely of the pitchers to reach the majors 
this year. How about that? Well, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting when you look at guys like Stevenson, who we certainly have heard a lot about. Uh, Travieso, too, who uh, it, it seems like these guys have been here for seven or eight years. And now that you, when you look at them, they're only 22 and 23 years of age. Going to get an opportunity. And spring training could be, as we said last year a couple of times, could be very big for a lot of these young people to really show what they can do and hopefully make a start, uh, make that rotation or be a part of this bullpen. Well, since we were here last Tuesday, the Reds have also announced their spring training schedule for 2017 and report dates for the pitchers and catchers and the rest. Pitchers and catchers will report on February the 13th. The others, the rest of the uh, the team, will report on February the 16th with the first game coming up uh, earlier this year because of the World Baseball Classic on Friday, February the 24th, uh, against the San Francisco Giants over in Scottsdale. This will mark the first time maybe ever out in Arizona. And this will be, let's see, 2010 was the first year. So this will be the eighth year that the Reds, hard to believe, but the eighth year the Reds have already been in Goodyear, that they don't start things off against the Cleveland Indians, <laughs> the team that went to the World Series this year. Yeah, they get enough time to play those Cleveland Indians. Seems like every other game, that's who they're going against. But the complex is so nice out there, and it's so convenient for those two teams to play. And as long as you're getting your work in, it doesn't really matter who you're playing against. But I'd have to say they're pretty tired of looking at those Indians after a while. Well, when you look at the spring training schedule, a couple of things that jump out at you. One, you have three games in Arizona against the world champion Chicago Cubs, the first one of which comes up on March the 2nd. You also have them on March the 22nd. Both those games are in Goodyear. You have them, uh, I think, one other time other than, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, well, that's a Vegas game. And that's what I wanted to mention. So you have them at least twice that I'm seeing here. And then there's a big trip coming up for the Red Legs on March the 25th, a Saturday night, and March the 27th, March the 25th, a, a Saturday night, and uh, March the 26th, a Sunday afternoon, in Las Vegas against the Cubs. How about that? That was just announced this past week also. Man, things have changed a little bit. That beats running over to Sarasota and places like that when we were down there playing. But uh, you think guys are going to be lobbying with an opportunity to go to Vegas? And, of course, you're just going to go in and play and head back home. Maybe they might not want to go. Well, you're going to play on Friday night, the 20, uh, Friday afternoon, the 24th in Goodyear. Then you're going to leave after that game and go on over to Vegas. And that game on Saturday the 25th is a night game. It says TBD, but I've heard it's going to be a night game due to uh, television on the Cubs side. And so they'll have that uh, that night of the 24th to carouse, if you will, in Vegas. A night game on the 25th, uh, an afternoon game on the 26th in Vegas, and then back to Goodyear to complete of what will only end up being a half week, that final week of March, because then the other big highlight of spring training is at the end, the Reds versus the Futures uh, stars of the Reds. That is a Friday, March the 31st in Louisville. And then on Saturday, April the 1st, the Reds against the Future stars in Dayton. So some things to highlight on the spring training schedule. Absolutely. And it would be good to check out some of the young talent that the Reds have, those that are going to make the club, those that are not. But I'm looking forward to spring training, Jim. I, I really am. I think from what we saw last year with kids like Peraza and, 
and uh, some of the others that stepped up a little bit. It's going to be fun to watch what happens over the course of spring training. All right. Well, we're just getting started on this Tuesday night. We're here at the Holy Grail Banks. We're talking baseball, specifically Reds baseball, until the top of the hour. We'd love to take your calls if you have something on your mind. If you're here and you have a question, we have a microphone right over to our right. Our main man, Dave Yudy Armbruster, is in charge of that. If you'd like to call us, the number's 513-749-7000 or outside the area, 800-843-2441. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. Back in a moment. Back at the Holy Grail Banks, we are live. Doug Flynn, Jim Kelch, talking Reds baseball for the next uh 45 minutes or so. I want to remind you that uh, wash books from Mike's Car Wash make a great holiday gift. Get yours today at any Mike's location or mikescarwash.com. We'd love to hear from you. Whether you're here at the Holy Grail, we'll take your questions. Or if you'd like to call in, if you're not uh, present here tonight, we'll take your calls. The number is 513-749-7000 or outside the Cincinnati area, 800-843-2441. We have a question here in-house, so let's go right to it. Yeah, this is uh, Stephen for Price Hill. This question is for Mr. Flint. Uh, yeah, last week we, there was, I asked a question about what the Reds were going to do uh, for David Concepcion, given that his error is coming up. And uh, I didn't hear any specific details other than, you know, every, the club was pulling for him to get inducted. I thought it might be fun to hear a favorite story, Mr. Flint, that you might have uh, concerning Davey. Well, in that spirit of that, I'm getting him in the hall. I think we all know the story about in Chicago where he was struggling and he decided that uh, he needed to get out of his slump. So he kind of walked by one of the uh, washing machines and, or the dryers in the building at Chicago. He decided he sort of leaned in, and when he did, one of the guys pushed him in. Pat Zachary happened to walk by that time, hit the, the start button. and hit the start button, and it actually took a little tumble. <clears throat> Davey came out of there, got four hits that day. And he said that's all it took to get him hot was to get him into that dryer. But that's a true story. That happened. But, you know, Davey, to me, was one of the best big-game shortstops that I ever saw. And he wins a bunch of gold gloves had it not been for a few other people at that time. I mean, he played in the air with Ozzie and and uh, Larry Boa was a good shortstop. But Davey, to me, was one of the best big-game players that I ever saw. Well, this isn't new information, but certainly if – and taking nothing away from Ozzie Smith, they called him the wizard. He did so many great things defensively. But if he is in the Hall of Fame, Davy Concepcion should be in the I Hall agree. of Fame. I agree. I agree. And I think he will go, too. I think the Veterans Committee will, will put him in. I think they have to. And as he, as he started to mature and get older, he got stronger. I mean, Davy hit a ball in the red seats at Riverfront. That's yeah. a long way up there. Well, the current Hall of Fame ballot came out yesterday. And so if we have time on the show tonight, uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with I that. Am I on the, this time? Do you I know, there it? wasn't enough uh, inch of space in the newspaper to list your name, but I'm sure you're on there. I'm sure you're there. I keep hoping, man. We have some calls. Let's go to the phones. Chris from Sydney. Chris from Sydney, you're up on the Red Hot Stove League. Chris is gone. All right. How about uh, let's go to... Dick in Dayton. Dick, are you there? Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? We're doing well, thank you. How about you? Oh, I'm good. Hey, something I want to ask you guys is, uh, do you think the pitching will hold up this year? I know Price didn't have a good year, but uh, do you think they, they'll be much improved from uh, from last year to this year? you think there's a degree of optimism with Dave Price at the helm? I think certainly that it's going to be better. Uh, 
And, and I only say that in that a lot of guys took some uh, tough knocks this year, but we saw a little consistency and we, mm-hmm. after the All-Star break. Saw it starting to get a little bit better. Uh, some of the things they're going to have to do, obviously, is get the bullpen back into pretty good shape. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and I know that they'll do that. I have every confidence in the world that they know what's going on. I mean, if we can sit there and figure it out, they know it's just being able to put the pieces together, find out exactly who's going to be healthy. You know, when they left, we went to spring training last year. They had a solid pitching rotation. Yeah, they did. They and really then, did. And then when we leave, not one of the guys in the rotation was actually on that starting day roster. So I think that you're going to see a very good pitching staff this year, and, and uh, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, pitching gets a lot better when you can score runs for them early. And hopefully that's what we're going to do with this offense this year. Well, we ended the season with a solid rotation as well. And that rotation at the time did not include Homer Bailey, who will be back next year. But Anthony DiSclefani and and, uh, the rest, you know, should do a very good job. So I think we'll go into spring training with a good rotation. One of the things that Dick Williams has talked about uh, that really is on the top of his list to improve this winter is the bullpen along with the bench. And toward that end, what did you think of the Cardinals signing Brett Cecil to a four-year, $30.5 million deal. This is a guy who is not the closer, and this is a guy who I think you could almost qualify him, as Chris Welsh likes to say, as a loogie, a lefty specialist. I mean, he had 50-odd appearances only in the mid-30s in terms of innings pitched, yet he's going to make the equivalent of almost $8 million a year. Oh, it's a good time to be a player, Jim. But we're seeing a lot more of that on all the ball clubs. You're seeing a guy come in specifically for one hitter who might be a left-hander that drops way down and throws sidearm just to come in and pitch to one hitter. But that's what the game has become now. That's why it's got a lot of the old veterans kind of rolling over and thinking, gee, many Christmas. Uh, you know, the pitch, would you have taken, I mean, for instance, never would I have ever thought when you saw that Cubs game and see the way that Hendricks was pitching mm-hmm. that he would be taken out of the ball game. I mean, he throws a couple of pitches, borderline strikes, maybe strikes, I don't know. Looked like he still had it together. He gets yanked out of the ball game. Talking on the cruise this week with some of the former pitchers like Jim Maloney, Jack Billingham, they said there's no way in the world would a manager have come out to get them, let alone the fact that they would have been happy just to get the ball up and leave. So, you know, the game has changed a lot. It's a good time to be a player. It's a good time to have a good agent, too. Yeah, the game certainly has changed from the era when you played, certainly when Jim Maloney and, and uh, Jack Billingham and the like played. But you bring up a good point, and that is you guys were on the Reds' uh, cruise this past week. You and Billingham and uh, who else was on there? Jim Maloney was on Jim it. Jim Maloney. Ronnie Oster, Tony Perez, Chris Welch, Marty Brenneman. And, uh, we Jim, had a, Jim Host was there, wasn't and, he? Yeah. And the, yeah, Jim Host was there who... Uh, Many people may not know him up in this area, but host communications. He ended up selling to IMG. Uh, but he is responsible for some of the biggest things that have happened in the collegiate game as far as sports. So we had a wonderful trip. Well, I tell you what, we're uh, hard to believe, but already through the first half of the program here at wow. the uh, Holy Grail Banks, you're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League. At the uh, second half, after the bottom of the hour, we'll talk more Reds baseball. We'll take your calls. If you have a question here in-house, we'll be certainly able to take that as well. I'm Jim Couch. Doug Flynn is alongside. You're listening to the Red Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks presented by Budweiser and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back on this Tuesday night to the Holy Grail at the Banks and the Reds Hot Stove League as we talk Reds baseball until the top of the hour. In this holiday season, we do like to remind you about certain things that are coming up and this is a good one here. The Reds Holiday Gift Pack 
is on sale now, and it starts at only $40. That's right. The Reds Holiday Gift Pack starts at only $40. The gift pack includes four ticket credits good towards any combination of games next season, plus you get a new limited edition Reds Nutcracker. We've seen those before. They are very, very nice. You purchase your Reds Holiday Gift Pack today at the Reds Kiosk located in Kenwood Town Center and in the Florence Mall, or you can do so at reds.com slash holiday. Some restrictions do apply. Sounds good to me, buddy. We want to take more calls if you have them. uh, And our numbers are 513-749-7000 or 1-800-843-2441. Or if you're in-house and have a question, we'd love to hear your question. And we have a couple of folks lined up here, so let's, uh, let's turn to them. Hello, young man. Hi, Tony from the West Side. Mr. Flynn, uh, being a younger Reds fan at the time you were playing, how did you get the nickname The Glue? How young were you when I was playing? I was born in 74. Pretty young. That's pretty young. Wow. This, I want to hear this answer because this could be a good one because I know the answer. Yeah, you do. And I want to hear what you're going to say. You want to hear how I embellish it or what? I don't care. <laughs> I just want to hear what you're going to say. All right. Well, uh, I'll tell you the truthful version. How's that? Okay. You know, every year, or the last several years, they've been doing a statue for some of our players. They did Johnny Bench, Tony Perez, Joe Morgan. Well, one year they were doing a statue presentation at the Hall of Fame, and they decided to bring in the Great Eight. And so the Great Eight came up, and I introduced them. They all got on stage, and there they were, maybe the greatest eight to play the game. Who knows? But for some reason, I was feeling a little frisky. So I said... Slash left out. Flat... No, not really left out. It was just frisky. So I sort of looked at those eight players, and I said, there they are, ladies and gentlemen, the most overrated eight ball players in the history of the game. And everybody looked at me kind of funny. I had had a glass of wine. Or two. Or, or eight. And so I looked down, and I said, I know what you're thinking. I said, but let's do some math. I said, here they are, those eight ball players in 1970. Went to the World Series and got beat by Baltimore. Remember that? Those eight ball players in 1972 went to the World Series and got beat by Oakland. Those eight ball players in 1973 got beat by the Mets, didn't even get out of the league. And in 74, they disappeared. Nobody knows what happened to them. Well, a little country boy from Kentucky makes a team in 75. We win. We win in 76. They trade me in 77. They don't win again. You do the math. That's a great story. <laughs> so that's, you were the glue that now, held if, them together. if any of you all believe that, that's not good either, okay? <laughs> you also labeled them that those were the great eight plus you makes it the divine I nine. I was the divine nine, and there's a picture on the wall here at the Holy Grail, and there's only eight of them there. They must have taken my picture out, I guess. You had gone, you had excused yourself to go to the restroom. The picture was no, taken. I, I was actually going inside to get them some coffee and some other stuff happened? to drink. That's what it was. Okay, all right. That's a good one. <laughs> we have another question. Yes, sir. Hi, guys. Bearcat Mike from the west side of town. just want to ask you, how do you feel, uh, where do you see um, Nick's Peraza fitting in next year, this coming year? And do you see Nick uh, Senzel getting a chance to uh, maybe make the team out of spring training? Wow. That's a good one. You want to take it first or me? Let's start with Peraza. What do you think? You're a middle infielder. He's a middle infielder. I I love him, but I don't like him at shortstop right now. Really? No, I don't. I I think maybe in time he could be because he's got a lot of work to do with with his feet. Sort of like Suarez at third base. When Suarez's feet are good, he's a pretty good fielder. He's got a good arm. So same with Peraza. Of course, he's been bouncing around so much. Second, center field there. I love him at second. 
I think that way he doesn't have to worry about catching the ball clean. He can knock it down. He doesn't have to really put that much emphasis on his defense. But wouldn't you love to have Billy Hamilton and Fraz at the top of that lineup and then start putting in joy and whoever else comes after that? But I love Peraza there. Uh, at third base, I don't say it's sale. It, it, everything I've heard about him, he could flat hit. They say he was the best pure hitter in the draft. But then you got to make a decision. I still like Suarez. I think Suarez is going to be a good ball player. And I don't know if they're going to have to move or change or put him around. But I tell you, I, I like him. And I think once he's comfortable and, and like he was this year, he got off to a great start and then started struggling a little bit. But I think uh, they're going to be solid there. But I like Peraza on the infield better than I like him in the outfield. My quick two cents on that is I like Peraza at shortstop. Certainly not as good as Cozart, but I think the way he hits and if he gets more reps at shortstop, he will become a very serviceable, if not above average, shortstop. Again, not in the same ilk as Cozart. Cozart's awful good. But he'll be pretty darn good. And in terms of Nick Senzel, it wouldn't surprise me that he's on the on knocking on the door to get to the big leagues next year. I don't see him there next year unless he has an incredible year. I, I could see him even possibly starting initially at high A, but certainly in 2018. Yeah. Yep. Great. Thank, Thank you, you for your much. question. Thanks, Mike. Again, our numbers, 513-749-7000, 1-800-843-2441. One of the things, Doug, and I think you'll be uh, interested to talk about this, that's going on in baseball right now is the collective bargaining, uh, bargaining agreement known as the CBA. It expires in early December of this year. There hasn't been an interruption in baseball's uh, agreement between the players and the owners since 1994. And we remember what that one was like. And it doesn't look like we're going to have it this year. If you hear Rob Manfred and what he has to say, the commissioner, or Tony Clark, the executive director of the Players Union, they all feel things are going to come together. But there are a couple of interesting points within the cba that i'd love to get your your thoughts on we're almost out of time in fact we will need to take a break now so when we come back i'll bring up a couple of interesting points about the cba and see what you think fair enough fair enough all right we are live at the holy grail banks this is the reds hot stove league and we'll come back with more right after this on from the holy grail at the banks here on this Tuesday night, this is the Reds Hot Stove League. Jim Couch along with Doug Flynn. And, Doug, we were talking about um, some of the things going on in the collective bargaining agreement between the players and the owners. And there are some interesting points that fans, I think, would be interested in. One of them is the proposal that maybe the season would be shortened from 162 to 154 games. The story that I read said, Probably not likely in this agreement, although they may include some additional off days for the players. For instance, a full season now is 183 days. It may go to 187 days. What do you think? Well, that's even been extended from the past. I think ours was 170-something days. Well, what it's going to do is give guys, I guess, more days off. They're going to have more time to relax and hopefully stay healthy. I don't know if I like shortening the season down to 154 games again, though. I think 162 is fine. What I would do is maybe shorten spring training. I think spring training goes way too long. It does from a player's standpoint of view. You get out there, you get yourself in shape, and there's a lot of standing around that goes. I would do something to shorten spring training as opposed to shorten the season. Well, if they do shorten, if they do lengthen the number of days it takes to play the 162, that means you're going to be starting earlier because certainly you're not going to push it later because we're already into November for the uh, for the postseason. All right, before we get to the others, let's go to the phones. We have Mike from Urbana. Mike from Urbana. Hello, Mike. 
Good. How you guys doing tonight? What's Good. up tonight? I got, I got, a, I got a question for Doug. Uh-huh. Uh, when you're playing, I got a question for Doug. When his playing days were over um, in the majors, the team you played with out of, out of Louisville, Star Path, your softball days. Can you tell me a little bit about how many years you played with them? Yeah. Uh, well, I finished and. When I got out of baseball, I ran to a buddy of mine, and he pulled out a matchbook. And on that matchbook, it said... You signed the paper. You signed the paper that when you were done, you played with me. Is that true? That's, that's exactly true. He said I would play a, uh, softball, but then he made me come try out. So I had to go try out for him. Then I played five years with Star Path and a couple of years with Belcor and another team. Played eight years of pro softball. Absolutely loved it. One of the most fun times I've ever had. I gave it up when I was 43. Yeah, you guys come up to Springfield this Ghost tournament. We played against you guys up there at the Municipal Stadium in Springfield. Oh, yeah, great tournament. Good uh, crowds, too. Yeah. All yeah, right, that, Mike. That, uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Uh-huh. All right, Jake. You bet. All right, let's get back to the point that we were talking about. We talked about the shortening of the season. How about this one? One of the things that's being talked about is the expansion of the team roster during the regular season. It's always been 25 to possibly 26. And and the story that I read said it's fairly likely that this is going to happen. What do you think? I don't have any problem with that at all. I think it's good. I think, you know, bring an extra player up. That way you you uh, a lot more flexibility with your team. I like it for the National League especially. For the American League, not so much because you got the DH. But I like it for the National League because especially early in the year uh, when you've got a lot of players that are still trying to find their stride. you got some injuries that happen early. So, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. They already expanded a little bit. When there's a double header, you can bring up one extra player for that double header. I wonder if it would stay then at 26 for double headers or possibly go to 27. That's a, a small moot point, but still it'll be interesting if the roster does expand to 26. All of a sudden we're talking about 30 more guys who make the uh, the big league team out of spring training. Isn't it kind of interesting because back in 1986 they were trying to take it down from 25 to 24. And it got rid of a lot of players for a brief period of time. And now they're not just happy with 25. They're trying to expand it to 26. Good time to be a player. We have another point we're going to get to, but we have a question in-house. Yes, sir. I apologize if this has been asked before, but I had a question about the catcher position. Is Mesoraco going to be ready by opening day? Well, only he, I guess, knows that for sure, depending on what's going to happen. We do know that uh, the timetable that we have heard is that in early January or so, he would start doing baseball activities again. And we really won't know. I think you would concur with this, Doug. We really won't know if he is going to be able until spring training starts. He goes through the drills, what everybody else goes through, games begin, and how he feels when he actually catches in games. It's, it's kind of a, a, a toss-up right now. Yeah, and if you played ball before, you know, because but when he came back last time, all of the uh, pre-game drills, he looked pretty good. But once you get that adrenaline going and you got to make certain moves in the course of a game, you never know until you actually get out there between the lines. Weren't they, try- weren't they trying to transition him to the outfield last year? Well, it was something that had been talked about. There, if the situation arises, and it's always a possibility, that he may not be able to catch either at all or as much as they would like him to, and they still want his bat in there because obviously there's no DH in the National League, then you would have to look for another position. And Billy Hatcher, among other people, think that he could transition and be a decent outfielder. So time will tell to see what's going to happen there. So so if that's the case, who's the odd man out in the outfield? 
because he's, he's got a contract he can't trade, and if he's healthy, he's on the team. You know, that would all play itself out depending on injury and uh, and uh, the success that guys have or don't have during the course uh, of the spring. We do know this. If he can't catch all the time, we certainly have a good one in Tucker Barnhart to do the everyday catching. And, and then it's a matter of who's going to back Tucker up. And you remember going to spring training last year, I would say of the three guys that were in the outfield, Adam Duvall probably was the long shot. Yeah, he really was. And then he ended up, look what he ended up doing this year. We talked last year or last week about the fact that uh, he was a long shot to even make the team. All That's of right. a sudden, he, he was an all-star. Thank you for your question. We appreciate it. We owe you a break. We'll take that. We have one final segment coming up. You're listening to the Red Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks and presented by Budweiser. More after this. Final segment of uh, the Red Hot Stove League on this Tuesday night, live from the Holy Grail Banks. Last uh, Wednesday night when we were down here, we talked with uh, Rick Walls from the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum about the Pete Rose Hit Collection fundraising campaign. It features 4,256 baseballs, each signed by Pete and stamped with the official Pete Rose Hit Collection logo and baseball's unique hit number. Purchase a hit collection baseball and become the owner of that hit and help support the Pete Rose Sculpture Project. Buy one now until the end of Reds Fest, and you'll get to meet Pete Rose at Reds Fest and have your photo taken with him. You can visit RedsMuseum.org for more information. It's a great cause, great campaign, the Pete Rose Hit Collection fundraising campaign. And, of course, uh, the big day then will be June the 17th when they unveil the Pete Rose statue. Well, it's, uh, it seems kind of empty there when you got Johnny and Pete, or Johnny and Joe and Tony, and you need Pete in there. The, the great four, they were, they were awfully good. He'll and, uh, be here June the 17th. That's right. That'll be big. All right, let's go back to the phones. We have a couple of callers. Bill from Withamsville is on the line. Hello, Bill. How you doing? I had a question for Doug, please. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I, mean, uh, I heard you mention Jack Billingham a little while ago, one of my favorite Reds pitchers of all time. Uh, he didn't appear to throw with blazing speed, but he could make the baseball look like he was throwing a wiffle ball. Do you think it was ever in question that he might have been doctoring the ball a little bit? That's it. Ooh, that's professional courtesy there. <laughs> of course, Jack never did anything with lightning speed, whether it be pitching, running, walking, eating. Everything he did was kind of slow motion. I, I've always said, though, that he was maybe the most underrated pitcher that we had or that we've heard about. He wins back-to-back 19-game seasons. Uh, his ERA statistics were unbelievable for 25-plus innings in the World Series that was just broken recently by a kid from the Giants. And, uh, you know, his ERA was like 0.038, something like that, ridiculous. Um, I don't think Jack ever doctored it. I don't think he had to. I think because of his throwing motion that the tired, more tired that he got, the more his ball would sink. And, of course, that's where he made his money. But I don't think he ever doctored it. If he did, it's been a very well-kept secret. Thank you, Bill. We appreciate the call. Let's go to Adams County and talk with Zach. Hello, Zach. Zach, are you there? Yes, sir. What's your question, hey, I, sir? I just got a couple of questions. Uh, I've you got time for one rumors. question, Zach. Okay. I've been hearing some rumors floating around that Chapman may be coming back to Cincinnati. Who? 
Rex uh, Chapman. Rex Chapman. Rex Chapman. Yeah. I like that. What's that have to do with Reds baseball? He's a big blue fan. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I you, Zach, it. for the call. We appreciate it. I haven't heard that. It. I heard he might go to the Yankees, but I don't think I've heard him coming back here with you. You know what that music means? No, sir. That music means we are running out of time for this week's show. I thought this when we did our duet. Listen, thank you very much for coming down. We appreciate it. It's always good to talk with you on the Red Sox Stove League, and I'm sure I will see you around sooner rather you than bet. later. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you. Thanks for everybody for coming down. Thanks to those who are listening, our engineers, uh, Dave Yiddy Armbruster for Doug Flynn, Jim Kelch. Thanks for listening to the Reds Hot Stove League. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.